2: Locked on Cougars. This is your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Thanks for joining us on a Tuesday edition of the show. A lot to get to like normal. Going to have a special guest on the program today. You'll hear him over the next couple of days. Corbin Kafusi, former BYU defensive lineman, now New York Jets offensive lineman sat down with me for an extended conversation. We'll play a part of that on today's podcast and play the rest of it over the next few days. Let you hear a little bit about his transformation from defensive lineman to offensive lineman in his time in the NFL to this point, we'll also talk about a new commitment for BYU basketball. In Nigerian forward slash swingman Gideon George, we'll talk about his commitment. We are proud to be part of America's number one daily podcast network with the Locked On Podcast Network, whereas, of course, it's your local experts on your team every day. And with that rundown out of the way, let's get started. This is Locked On Cougars for February 25th, 2020. <laughs> Hey guys, I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for taking the time to join us on your daily podcast. Focus on the BYU Cougars with us here on Locked On Cougars. This podcast, if you're new and just downloading the show for the first time, we aim to be your one-stop shop for all the BYU sports news and insider information you cannot find anywhere else. And it's available everywhere podcasts can be found. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, just to name some of the bigger... Uh, podcast providers, but we are available everywhere podcasts can be listened to. Make sure to subscribe, so that way you never miss a show. And thanks again for taking the time to check the show out. Kicking off today's show, we're talking about a new commitment, for, commitment. Excuse me for the BYU basketball program, and that is New Mexico Junior College forward Gideon George, who uh, announced via social media yesterday, or a uh, JUCO uh, recruiting service announced the commitment for him yesterday on Twitter that he will join the BYU uh, basketball program program next season uh, expected to have three years of eligibility to play two years hopefully that makes sense your typical Juco transfer where he he hasn't redshirted yet so he's got the three years of eligibility to, to play two full seasons and when you watch his film the first thing that pops out about George is just his sheer athleticism he's a six foot five six foot six uh, forward so he's undersized for the position he probably plays it uh, probably will fit well in what BYU likes to do with their motion offense and what he's proven this year is to go with that raw athleticism. He's proven he can hit three pointers at a pretty good clip. Uh, If you look at his stats initially, if you just to pull it up, it says 9% on three pointers. But if you dig a little bit deeper into it, you go to his uh, profile with New Mexico Junior College. It showed that uh, he was shooting 35-36% for from three this season, and that's a much improved number for sure, over 9%. There's no doubt about that, but if he can come to BYU and hit three-pointers at a 35-36-37% clip or even push that into the 40s, well, BYU's picking up, I think, an underrated cog in what could be part of their rotation next year. I like what George brings to the table. He's not a polished basketball player yet, and that you don't necessarily expect that because he's getting by more on athleticism at the JUCO level, like most guys would at that level. And he'll refine his game as he plays for BYU, works with the coaches in Provo, and I think this is a good pickup for Mark Pope and his staff. Um, He's a Nigerian native. He's from he's from from Africa, from Nigeria. And according to what I read up on him, he had never left his home country until he came to New Mexico Junior College to play basketball. So a fascinating story. Also been stories of him on social media where he is actually sending shoes and other gear back to his native land to help out other basketball players and young people in his home country. So just an upstanding young man, it sounds like, and we're efforting here on the podcast to have him on the show, get some of his thoughts on why he committed to BYU and the like. But everything I see about him is, yes, he's not a polished athlete, but he has the athleticism that BYU doesn't get all of the time in their recruiting classes. So I look forward to seeing what Gideon George does in a BYU uniform. I think he adds to It's a pretty good team on paper going into the 2020-2021 season. I know there's some people thinking that this season for BYU and their run to the NCAA tournament is a one-and-done deal. I'm not going to lie, I don't think BYU will be as good next season as they are this year, just because of the sheer uh, experience factor, but there is a lot of talent that is on that bench at BYU currently, and incoming to the program via their recruiting class, so I'm not counting BYU uh, missing the NCAA tournament just right now. Obviously, there's things that will change in the offseason, etc., but everything I've seen from the Cougars, in terms of what they've done recruiting-wise this year, and just looking at guys' red shooting like Wyatt Lowell Richard Harwood and the like. Even a guy like Jesse Wade, once he regains his health, that you look at it and you're like, you know what? There's still plenty of talent for BYU despite them losing seven seniors on this year's team. So, I'm looking forward to seeing when a guy like Gideon George adds to the BYU roster. Like I said, I see him as an immediate rotation guy for BYU, especially if he's able to hit the three like he has proven at the junior college level. And like I said, six foot five, six foot six, uh, swingman slash forward. He seems like an ideal fit as that stretch four. And BYU's offense as a motion guy and I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do as a Cougar and if he once again he's going to have to overcome the size disparity but this in this day and age of college basketball even at the collegiate level it's become more positionless and you don't necessarily have to have optimal size or athleticism to be Uh, uh, an effective player at the FBS, or not the FPS the Division 1 level in College Hoops, and I'm looking forward to seeing what Gideon George brings to the table for BYU. So there you go, some thoughts, initial thoughts on Gideon George after his commitment to BYU and their basketball program. We'll of course have more coverage for you, and like I said, we're efforting to get him on the show. Alright, coming up here in just a minute, had a chance to catch up with former BYU defensive lineman Corbin Kafusi. We sat down for an extensive conversation, I think we talked for almost an hour. Uh, We're going to play bits and pieces of this uh, different segments of it over the next few days let you hear from him a lot about his time at BYU what he makes of the current program with the Cougars and even his time in the NFL so that's coming up next we'll talk about his transformation from svelte defensive lineman at BYU to now hulking behemoth offensive lineman for the New York Jets before we do that though a reminder for you guys that listening to this podcast listening to this show is as easy as using your voice you don't have to lift a finger to be caught up on all the BYU BYU news you need to know each and every day. All you got to tell your smart device is play the latest episode of the Locked On Cougars podcast, whether that's your smartphone, smart speaker, whatever you're listening on, it will take care of the rest for you guys. It's real easy, it's real simple, and it makes listening to the show just a dream, plain and simple. So it's an easy way to do it, make sure you tell your smart device, play play the latest episode of the podcast Locked On Cougars, and that way you stay up to date with everything going on in BYU sports news with us here each and every day. All right, guys, I sat down with Corbin Kafusi yesterday to talk a lot about his transformation from defensive line to offensive line for the New York Jets now. And I have to say, when I saw Corbin in person for the first time yesterday, after a little while, he is a different looking human being. Any of you that have seen on social media, he has packed on the pounds. He looks great despite putting on those pounds because he's playing offensive line now in the NFL. And without further ado, we'll get to it. We'll let him explain what made him switch positions in the pro ranks and we'll talk a little bit about that. Corbin, how are you, sir? I'm great. Doing, doing great. Okay. When I saw you, just before we started recording this, I said, you look like a whole different human being. I think if most BYU fans were to see you today, they might not recognize Corbin Kafusi. Oh,
3: 100%. In fact, I've like ran into, when I've gone to some of the basketball games, like people always do a double take. They're like, wait, is that Corbin Kofusi? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Explain why. Just why? Why do you look like a different person now? Well, I switched to offensive line, okay. and so of course, you got to be a big boy to play offensive line, and so I'm, I'm up to three thirty, three thirty five ish range, and. I've kind of got a little beard, long hair going, the the classic (laughs) post-BYU look. (laughs) It
2: is a running joke with us in the media about guys who finish up their time at BYU. All of a sudden, beards and long hair show up. (laughs) It's a a real thing. (laughs) Okay, so let's talk about uh, the reasons. Let's start off here. Why did you switch to offensive line? Everybody remembers you playing defensive line for BYU, even some of that Mike linebacker, that spy linebacker role. Mm. But now you're an offensive lineman. What went into that decision? I think all of it, it's opportunity.
3: So, you know, I, I did camp down with the Saints as a defensive end, and it was great, but there wasn't a lot of opportunity as a defensive end there. And so when I got released, you know, I'm sitting here back in Utah, I'm training as a defensive end, and my my agent, he's like, hey, like a lot of teams could see you playing offensive line. Okay. And at first I didn't want to, you know, I was like, but I'm a defensive line. And I'm like, yeah, good to know, but I play defensive line. And then the next week he calls me. He's like, to be honest, like defensive line right now, they're not picking up a lot of defensive line in the league. There's not a lot of movement. Mm -hmm. He's like, but if you switch to offensive line, he was like, I could probably get three or four workouts within a day. Okay. If you switch, because there's just that much need Mm -hmm. and demand for offensive linemen. And so that's kind of what was like, oh, you know what? It comes down to opportunity and I just love playing the game. You know, I love the competitive spirit, no matter the position. And so that's kind of why I switched
2: over. Well, absolutely. I, I think opportunity, I, I think it's a great word you just used, is the opportunity to to last in this league at a position that maybe, it's more of a premium position, it seems like, in this day and age.
3: Oh, yeah, definitely. It, it's crazy because, like, literally, as soon as I told him, I had probably practiced for, like, two weeks as an offensive lineman. Okay. And then uh, he was like, when do you think you're ready for a workout? And, you know, I'm just trying to be, like, optimistic. I'm like, I'm ready, man, whenever. And, he, and he's like, Okay, you're leaving tomorrow for New York. And I was like, oh, because I thought it'd take him a couple of weeks to get me one. He's like, oh,
2: nope, they want to work you out. So, <laughs> wow. So, so you were, you you switched to offensive line. And were you working with somebody to kind of train at it or were you just doing it by yourself? Uh, luckily, my... So, DeAndre Wesley, okay.
3: who played yeah. at BYU, he was here. He had just had an injury and was rehabbing it. Okay. And so, I hit him up and we did some offensive line work for a week. And then, my agent flew in a former NFL offensive line coach Okay,
2: for the next week. And I worked with him. The okay. And it was awesome. So, two weeks and then you're on a plane to New York, meet up with the Jets, I presume, yep. correct? Yeah, to meet with the Jets. Okay. So, how did that workout go? Because, obviously, obviously you, you signed on the practice squad.
3: Yeah. It was, it was really good except for, I had no idea the whole process. So I talked to my buddy here. Uh-huh. We were here at the, we were at the Saints together, Porter Gustin and okay, I, yeah. and we had both been released and we were just working out and he had had a couple workouts and I was like, Hey man, like, what do I need to take? And he's like, dude, you're literally there for like 30 minutes for a workout. So just take some cleats and then you'll be on a plane home. So literally I took a backpack with, a pair of cleats and the clothes on okay. my back uh-huh. and I show up there and Bronson had just found out like the day I got there, like he had no idea. Oh, he didn't know you were coming in. Yeah. Okay. So like I hit him up and I was like, Hey, I'm, I'm flying in. And he's like, Oh, what? <laughs> but I know as I go there, I go through the physical, I do the workout and yeah, the workout's only 20, 25 minutes, you know, oh, so it's, it was short. Okay. Oh yeah. And they're like, you just boom, boom, boom. And then after that, like it's kind of a waiting game which is crazy. You're just sitting there with other guys you did your workout with. And Uh you know what? Someone from upstairs will come and grab one guy and then they'll leave and then come grab another guy. They'll leave. And I was just, Bronson and I were playing ping pong (laughs) when they were like, Hey, uh, we want to sign you. And I was like, Oh, okay. What does that mean? I was like, Oh, so I'm not going home. They're like, no, you start tomorrow. (laughs) Okay,
2: so you said you took a pair of cleats and a backpack and just the clothes on your back. So were you borrowing clothes from Bronson? What'd you do? Oh,
3: absolutely. Like, of course, like they, they give you like clothes there for workouts, the team gear. Yeah. Yeah. And that was nice, but I was, (laughs) it was a blessing to have, it was meant to be because I had nothing. Okay. I had absolutely nothing. And so Bronson came later that night to the hotel. They'd put me up in and he's like, here's a little bag of clothes.
2: Like (laughs) this should get you through. That's and crazy. So it was sweet. Okay, so did you? So, you, I, I remember, yeah, you, you said you worked out with the Saints, obviously, as an undrafted free agent. Mm-hmm. So, was the Jets the first workout you had after making the switch to O line and then you got signed right away? Yeah, yeah, like first workout I had. That's pretty crazy, because I've, I've heard other guys talk about, similar to Porter Gustin, you go to multiple workouts, and yeah, it's 30 minutes, I guess, to show what you can do, and so many guys go through so many of these different workouts, but ultimately never get that opportunity. Absolutely, and the, the thing that's crazy to me is that these
3: guys at the workouts, they're not, like, everyone is good enough to play. Correct. Like, you are you might, some of the guys at my workout had been in the league two or three years, Okay, and they were active players and that whatnot, and so it's it's just a crazy that's the biggest eye opening thing is that everyone in the league is able, depending on the opportunity they get, like Porter for example, picked up by the browns mm-hmm. and ended up starting some of the end of Correct. the year, yeah, you know, like anyone is good enough to play just depending on the opportunity they get
2: yeah they're they're all n f l guys, yeah, everyone's at that top tier, okay, so how many guys were you competing with at offensive line slash offensive tackle in that group,
3: so it was at the workout there was only three of us okay and it was interesting because like the first 10 minutes this was the another strange thing to me was all balance work okay and almost like mobility okay so yeah. it was like stand on how long can you stand on one leg and the coach is checking to see like your, your balance and whatnot. and I was like Thank goodness I'm kind of flexible for my size because that helped a ton, but I I wouldn't expect that. But now I can see why as an offensive lineman it's so important to have that. Yeah. But, yeah, the first 10 minutes to 25 was just straight balance stuff.
2: That's fascinating to me because I'm a guy who played through high school. I never played beyond that. But – When you look at guys in the NFL, especially offensive tackles, you're going up against some of the best athletes in the entire sport, speaking of defensive ends. Oh, yeah. You played defensive end in college and were an effective, effective player at that position. How much does that background that you have as a defensive lineman help you now as you're trying to pass block and run block against those guys? It helps a lot because you're able to – you can kind of tell what, like as a defensive
3: lineman, you know exactly where you want to get a guy Okay, you know in order to beat him. Yeah. And now that I play offensive line, it's like, I know where not to go. It's like, <laughs> okay. I don't want to do this because as a defensive lineman, you love it when they do this. So okay. I'm going to avoid doing that. And uh-huh. you can kind of just see, it's, it's easy for me to see what guys are trying to do. Okay, So that's helped a lot.
2: Now, as you, now you've worked, what, so how long were you with the Jets then officially last season? How many um, weeks? I think I was with them for 11 weeks. Okay, so you have 11 weeks of working on this, essentially the scout team, because practice squad guys are guys who are on the scout team Mm -hmm. showing looks against the first and second team offense defense Mm -hmm. for the Jets. You have 11 weeks of working with these guys. How much of it was they were trying to help you develop as an offensive lineman for down the road with the Jets versus how much week in and week out you're learning an opposing team scheme to give these guys a look? It's...
3: It's a weird balance, okay. that, you know, because, of course, like as a practice squad guy, you're, your main thing is you're trying to give a look. Correct. But at the same, like you said, at the same time, I'm trying to learn technique. And so I was just constantly trying to juggle the two. And then you're also trying to learn your own, like the own scheme of the, our Correct. offense. Yeah. And so it was a big juggling match because some weeks I was like, oh, I want to focus on technique. But it's like, if you don't know what to do, then you technique part. doesn't even matter, really. And so it was a constant battle to figure out all those things at the same time.
2: Okay, talking with Corbin Kafusi, now offensive lineman for the New York <laughs> Jets, which is still weird to say, I'm not going to lie, Corbin, I've known you for years. Oh, yeah, it's, and it's I, different for me. See, and I, okay, so I remember you back when you were a freshman, before your mission at BYU, you were suited up as an offensive lineman for a time. Has any of that... Come with you all these years later as you now are back playing offensive line. A little bit, okay.
3: In fact, the crazy thing is one of the uh, like the assistant offensive line coach. He was with Coach Weber, who was my okay, yeah. offensive line coach yes. when I was at BYU.
2: Weber's now at Washington State, if I'm not mistaken.
3: Is he? I'm, I'm not sure. I knew he was at Hawaii. For yeah, a so he bit. went with Rolo to and then he Washington went to Washington State. State? Yep. Okay, yeah, so. It was funny to make that connection yeah. with that coach when I got out there. He's like, you're, one of, you're with Webb. And I was like, yeah, man, that was some time, that was a long
2: time ago. <laughs> there you go. Part one with Corbin Kafusi and Mark Webber, the former BYU offensive line coach, Corbin's association with him paying off in the pro ranks. Coming up here in just a moment, we'll get to more of what Corbin aspires to do in the NFL. His uh, practicing against his brother Bronson, who is also on the New York Jets roster. So a lot to get to more with Corbin Kafusi here in just a moment before we do that though a request for you guys if you guys are listening to this podcast and you haven't done so already please subscribe to the show obviously but also make sure to leave us a favorable rating and review the five-star ratings is particularly on apple podcast really help us uh, build in popularity on the podcast providers especially on apple Podcasts. they let the podcast provider know that you guys enjoy the commentary etc and they build the audience which helps us find byu fans it also helps byu fans find us here with locked on cougars so thank you in advance for taking the time to do it. It doesn't take but a moment to leave us a rating and review. And I thank you guys in advance for doing so.
0: It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at kubotaorangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com.
2: All right, here's part two of my conversation with Corbin Kafusi, talking about more of what he aspires to do in the pro ranks as an NFL offensive lineman. Uh, His practicing against his brother Bronson, who is a player for the New York Jets, and a whole lot more. So without further ado, part two with former BYU defensive lineman, now New York Jets offensive lineman, Corbin Kafusi. When you talk with these coaches, what has kind of been some of the feedback they have given you as an offensive lineman now?
3: I think one of the things they definitely like is Like the athleticism, the size, and just basically... The intangibles, you know, okay. yeah. size, the length. Well, I was going to say, your, your
2: length obviously is going to be a plus.
3: Yeah. 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 It's like, the, it's one of those things where it's like, I have a lot of raw potential. Now it's just molding it. Okay. And so the biggest thing is just reps. And so that's why it was great to be on the practice squad because I'm going up against the guys that play, you Correct. know, the ones every day and it's good to just, and they, they kind of tee off on you, you know, oh, they're, yeah. they're, they're, <laughs> they're jumping snaps, you know, they're doing things they wouldn't do in the game, yeah. you know, cause it's practice. Yeah. And so it was really good for me to get those reps and even now just I can see the why it's so important to just reps reps after reps because I you know this is my first year doing it correct and I haven't had these years you know when I played D-line I had years of Mm -hmm. you know past experience where this is like okay I need to make a bank of (laughs) repetitions so I can get up to that level
2: yeah so did you ever go up against uh, Bronson I one play one
3: play. only one one play who won I won. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and the weird thing, I was playing right guard I'm gonna at I'm going to have Bronson on this podcast. I'm going to ask him the yeah. same question. And he'll he'll say it too. He he admits it. Okay. I played right guard. Uh-huh. And he tried a rip move and I just rode him out. I pushed him out. And yeah. so, it's so the one time we went up against each other, but I happened to get him on that one. <laughs>
2: so, little bro one, older bro zero currently. Yeah. Okay. You know,
3: and we never went against each other in one-on-ones, even yeah. though everyone was always wanting it.
2: Were, did you guys purposely avoid that? Um, Yes and no. Okay. We,
3: so we do one-on-ones after practice all okay. the time. Bronce gotcha. and I would go. And, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I think, if, you know, Bronce, he definitely could have done some work on me had we done some
2: one-on-ones. So, okay. you know, we went back and forth. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I have no doubt about that. Okay, so now that you're in the NFL, is there a, is it playing offensive line? You said you're trying to get these reps and everything. Are there linemen that you have now watched on film or have kind of idolize or try to pattern your game after now.
3: Oh, yeah. And it's so, because the NFL becomes such a, everything's like study, you know. When people ask me, what's the difference between college and NFL? I'm like, college, like an hour of film's a lot. (laughs) NFL, you're not watching, you're watching around six hours a day. Like, that's the usual. Correct. But, you know, I watch people like, Uh, One that I love to watch is Villanueva because he was, he transitioned to left tackle. Yeah,
2: Alejandro Villanueva. He's a former Army Ranger. Exactly. Played wide receiver at one point at Army. Yeah, like wide receiver,
3: tight end. Yeah. He even came back. Like his story is cool because like he just kept coming. Yeah. I remember it said on the internet that he like paid for a workout. Correct. And as a defense, and they picked him up as a defensive end and then somehow he ended up playing left tackle. And now he's an all pro. Yeah, exactly. So him, I love watching. Um, Tyron Smith of course he's a monster Bactari the Packers Mm -hmm. you know Whitworth we have similar body builds and he's with the Rams yeah so there's a lot of dudes I love to watch
2: okay your height the guy I thought of immediately when I heard you were playing offensive line was Jonathan Ogden He's an all-pro, an NFL Hall of Famer for the Baltimore Ravens, who was 6'9", and just long as all get-out. And that's what allowed him to succeed at such a high level for so many years. Mm-hmm. Have you watched anything like f- former guys who maybe are in the Hall of Fame now, or are you looking just more at current guys? Recently,
3: my film studies have been just current guys, okay. but I definitely I have heard of Ogden before, and yeah. so
2: I do need to go back and watch some of those older guys as well. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so in the modern day and age of the NFL, obviously we're seeing RPO concepts, and spread offenses come up into the league. Andy Reid, of course, a former BYU guy himself, mm-hmm. has brought a lot of that, and obviously they just won the Super Bowl with the Kansas City Chiefs. How much uh, from your playing days at BYU, your collegiate experience, are you seeing uh, b- being brought up to the NFL currently? Um, like scheme-wise? Scheme-wise,
3: yeah. Just a, I would say, well, and it's so different because – you know, I played defense at yeah. BYU, mm-hmm. and I didn't know much about the offense. You yeah. know, you kind of know well, you, you, overall. Because you're separate. You, oh, yeah, you're
2: in meeting rooms, different separate meeting rooms, obviously. But are you seeing some maybe of the collegiate, even on defense, in terms of the concepts from the college game making their way up to the NFL?
3: Yeah, I think there's definitely things that make it from college to the NFL. Mm-hmm. But I, I also experienced, like, the NFL was at such a higher level. Correct. That it's just... It's kind of mind blowing, you know, because for example, like in college, like if you knew the 10, 10 plays, you're pretty good. You know, you're like, all right, I got my 10 plays down. Yeah. And then I remember just in training camp, we had around 40 plays, 40 to 50 plays. And then when I switched to offense, it was just this whole other monster. (laughs) And so there's a lot more thinking involved and there's a lot more, I don't know, just process to it all in the NFL.
2: Okay, okay. so I've been told, and so I've talked to people, and they said offensive line is more of a thinking man's position, whereas defensive line is just read and react. Mm -hmm. How accurate is that statement in your experience? Oh, 150%. Okay, (laughs) all right. Because, and I'm not saying that you don't think as a defensive
3: lineman, but it is a like read and react, whereas defensive line is like, okay, this is my job. Mm Mm-hmm. And if something happens, then this is what I do. You redirect. Exactly. Whereas offensive line, it's okay. My job overall is this, but Uh this guy is moving here, which would make change my job to this, which would change my footwork to this change my help to this. And so there's just a lot more things happening
2: on the offensive line, even before the snap even goes down. Okay. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about BYU here in a minute, but a couple more questions on the NFL. What are your goals, dreams, or aspirations at the pro level? Do you want to eventually be – do you have an all-pro, like, offensive line type of a thought in your head that I can become that?
3: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think that's that's kind of the mindset you have to have Uh at this level is that – you're, you're not playing to be second or to be a backup. It's like, I am playing because I want to start at some point And if I start, I want to play well enough to be an all pro or something like that. So, yeah, all those aspirations, those are all goals in mind. And hopefully, you know, step by step, I can make them. Have you ever thought of how long you'd like to play in the NFL if you had it your way? Uh yeah oh yeah especially now with the way cuz you see a lot of guys retiring early correct and before when I was younger I was like wow why are they retiring early like they're so good they <laughs> could keep going and yeah. after just one year I I respect anyone that's been in the NFL cuz it's it's not an easy, easy lifestyle yeah and so you know it's it's hard to put a number on it cuz yeah. you definitely want to be able to play as much as you can get correct but as soon as you know it kind of the, the balances out where it's like okay your level of play compared to like the injuries or whatnot and how your body's taking it that's mm-hmm. when it's definitely the smartest move not to so it, i definitely think you know if i can play for longer than five years that'd be great hey yeah that'd be awesome yeah. you know but definitely it, it all has a lot of things depending on it hey, if you make it five years you've beaten the average
2: obviously exactly, exactly i think the average is down to 3.1 years on average now yeah which is, crazy the NFL not for not not for long
3: oh no yeah not for (laughs) long and I wonder if that even factors in all the dudes that are like come at come in at training camp you know yeah
2: I, I don't know. I, I would assume, I, I'm, I'm guessing it's probably the active roster, but you're right. If it were just, it might even skew even shorter. Exactly. The <laughs> yeah. There you go. Corbin Kafusi has aspirations of playing at least five years in the NFL, and I'm rooting for him. He is one of the guys that I enjoyed most getting to know during his time at BYU and rooting for him going forward. On tomorrow's podcast, we talk more specifically about BYU, his time in a Cougar uniform, and also what he expects to see from the BYU football program. This coming season and on into the future with Kalani Sitake at the helm of the program. So once again, big thank you to Corbin Kafusi, and stay tuned for more of that conversation in the coming days this week. All right, that'll do it for today's edition of the podcast. Thanks again for joining us. Big thank you to Corbin Kafusi once again for taking the time. Also, thank you to all of you who have supported this show from its beginning. We are over four hundred and I think thirty episodes in at this point. It's crazy to think we've been going that long but it is a pleasure to be with you guys each and every day talking BYU sports and of course we'll have more for you as the week rolls on here BYU basketball getting ready for the regular season finale at Pepperdine etc so we'll have a lot covered for you over the coming days as the Cougars get ready to head to Firestone Fieldhouse on Saturday alright thanks again for joining us make sure to subscribe rate and review the show it always does help us build the audience and I thank you guys in advance for taking the time to join us here each and every day This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for February 25th, 2020. We will talk to you tomorrow.